So Lord, we thank you for the gift of this time and the gift of your word, wherein you send us as laborers into the harvest to be, bring your gospel of peace. Pray that we might hear your word and respond to it this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. So Deacon Boniface, he's uh, gone to the Lord now, about three years ago, but uh, he was the first um, permanent Aboriginal deacon in the Catholic Church in Australia. And Deacon Bonnie, in many ways, a bit of a hinge between that kind of traditional uh, Aboriginal culture and the reality of a whole new culture emerging in, uh, in Aboriginal communities as well. But he had no problem, uh, Deacon Bonnie, connecting Jesus' life with uh, his Aboriginal identity as an Aboriginal man in his culture. He had no uh, problems at all being able to relate, as you heard, the simplicity in which Jesus came into the world, born in a simple place, you know, had nowhere to lay his head, you know, reliant on creation and God's providence and, um, you know, going to the cross with nothing and being laid in a tomb and being raised. So he... Bonnie, in many senses, uh, knew these, the kind of story in a way. Uh, he says that his people actually, they kind of knew about this figure in a way. of They didn't know the name of Jesus traditionally. They had lots of creation stories, many thousands of years before Genesis was written, but similar stories. And um, he says even about Jesus... Um, before the missionaries came, we had stories and people had dreams of vision of this kind of magnificent man or uh, the creator spirit. Um, you know, we had sort of this kind of visions and, and, and stories about him and his mother. And when the missionaries came and began to talk about Jesus, they said, that's the man, that's the God in our stories. So they say, people at Wadea, where Deacon Bonnie's from, they say that, you know, Christ came and was trying to reveal himself for us, but the missionaries gave a name to him. So it's very much like um, the story of uh, Abraham, you know, the, the promise of the land uh, that in the covenant stories to Abraham, that that was core to it. And then the core to those creation stories of Aboriginal people is, this, uh, is the land. And uh, the promise of the land to Abraham and the way to enter into that place respectfully, which is what Abraham did. He was promised the land, but he went in and he met the original inhabitants. He was invited in. They welcomed him. He uh, made agreements with them. If there were disputes, they worked it through. Uh, he gave compensation for the land if uh, he bought a, a plot of land for Sarah, his wife. And then he got some land for himself. So he never invaded or took over or dispossessed. And see, this is epitomises what Jesus is talking about in the gospel today as fellow labourers of the gospel of peace. He's kind of indicating to us to be in kind of peace and harmony with all that he's created. And that's something, again, that uh, Indigenous culture and Aboriginal people bring to the scriptures, that when they read them, they see uh, the, the interconnection between themselves and their creative spirit and 
creation. It's all interrelated. We are a bit familiar with this, kind of a, in the more traditional Western background with, uh, with um, Francis of Assisi. He used to call brother sun, sister moon, brother wolf, you know, sister flower. It was very connected. And we get all that. But thousands of years before Francis, people were saying that. Tens of thousands of years. And uh, if you understood, if we could understand that, that connection to creation is a reflection of our connection and love of God. And it's also God's love for us that there's this deep interrelation, what they call reciprocal relationship of God, humanity and creation. And so Aboriginal people see there the place where they're born. The land isn't just a physical thing under your feet. It's everything. It's your land, it's your stories, it's your family, it's your community, it's your ceremonies, it's your ancestors, it's your creator God. It's everything. And you stay within that and you live in the laws of that place. And, and that's where the harmony is. So imagine what happens when a people comes that has a very different view of land, not even a biblical sense of land in a way, and they come with a sense that the land is something to be taken and exploited and used for power and for wealth and for only for material use of the human being. Imagine what happens then, that then people are kind of driven off their land and they're dispossessed. And then it becomes worse. We know the story well now in this country. There was dispossession and there were massacres. There was poisoning of waterholes. There was taking of children. There was, um, you know, people driven off lands and put into camps and reserves and missions. And so that experience is sort of like the people in, uh, we read about in the scriptures today in Isaiah, that Isaiah vision of returning to Jerusalem, the place of peace, where the people are in exile. They're completely dispossessed. Their hearts were rent. They were devastated. That's what the First Nation people here experience, complete devastation. It's catastrophic, horrendous, traumatic for generations down to now. But there's also, like just like the prophet Isaiah, there's this kind of... Um, voice or spirit, you know, that God's spirit crying out through the land, just like Isaiah did, saying there is a way forward in this. We can't, we can't ignore what's happened. We can't ignore what's happened to Israel and the things that, and the deportation and the exile. But we can now listen to the spirit. And actually, we're on the very day that the second assembly of the plenary council is taking place. And we know that the theme of that plenary councils, we all prepared for it, was let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to the church in Australia? Remember, that was the kind of theme we're all gathered around. And so they're in their second assembly. So the church in Australia is trying to listen to the Spirit. And what's happening is actually the First Nation people and the issues around that are emerging in those assemblies. Because it's a bit like Cain and Abel. You know, the, the blood of Abel, God says, I hear, Cain, I hear the blood of your, of your brother calling from the earth, from the ground. It won't be silenced. 
And Australia no longer lives in a silence about Indigenous people and about our beginnings. You see, Jesus brings new creation. He restores what is broken. He restores our relationships. We know that very personally, one-to-one, but also with creation. But it's at a cost. You know, we don't receive this peace of Christ without a cost. I mean, Jesus paid that price, didn't he? He opened his arms in love on the cross and he unites all creation and all people through his very body broken on the cross and his blood poured out. We often have those images and icons of the the blood of Jesus pouring into the earth. And it's also where Jesus is buried and entombed. And it's also the place he rises from. He rises from the earth, from the ground, and all that Jesus touches is sanctified and made sacred. And so we, uh, we draw on this too in this time and in this moment in history because the Spirit is speaking to the church in Australia, restoring us you know, to harmony and to peace. And if we're to be labourers of peace, we are fellow labourers of the gospel of peace, then we have to be living this from our hearts and also in our relationships with one another and with our history and with creation. So as we seek, seek to grow into this commissioning of Jesus to be bearers of the gospel of peace, then there's some unfinished business for us as church. Because if the kingdom of God is near, then there's healing, there's restoration, there's restitution, there's redemption. These are deep principles in the Gospels and in the, in the biblical understanding of theology of land, that there's a way in which God alone owns all land. God owns all the creation. It belongs to no one person, to no government, to no power, to no empire. It all belongs to God. Yes, I might have legal title to whatever I have, but it all belongs to God. And that was very deep in the biblical understanding of creation and of the land. Every jubilee, every 50 years, if a poor person had to sell their land, it was redeemed. It was given back to them after 50 years. Imagine that. After seven years, the land was rested. You didn't work it. Imagine that. These are biblical principles. I didn't make them up. It's not some political militant person. These are biblical principles. And if we're Christians... And we're living in the kingdom of God and we're living under this new creation that God has created, then we live according to his plans and his principles to live in harmony in the land. So we've got some unfinished business and that God's spirit is working within us to bring about this new creation. So that unfinished business is we know now that this wasn't an uninhabited land. We know that this land was inhabited for 60,000 years or longer. We know that it was worked and used and uh, used for the creation of God and for the the well-being of the, the Indigenous people that were here. 
But that's uh, that legal fiction of terra nullius, that no one lived here. We know that that's wrong. But that leaves us with a dilemma as a church and as Christians if we're to live by the biblical principles, by this new way of Christ. It means that we've got to deal with the fact that we didn't, like Abraham, pay compensation. We didn't, like Abraham, make treaties. We didn't, like Abraham, make agreements. We didn't, like Abraham, sort of pay for the land. It means we're living on unpaid for, illegal, stolen land. We are a new generation and the spirit is at work in us. We have this opportunity, by the grace of God, to live those biblical principles and to live that out uh, for all creation. So let's uh, today open ourselves to God's spirit. That... uh, Bonnie would be praying for us and all those people who have gone before us. You know, there's been some great Christian advocates. Here in Victoria, you've got um, uh, William Cooper, an Aboriginal man, Yorta Yorta man. You know, he has a little uh, tree as a memorial for him in Jerusalem because he was one of the few people in the world that when the Nazis took over and were persecuting the Jews, William Cooper went round Australia as an Aboriginal man and got together a petition saying, this is wrong, this has got to stop. You cannot be persecuting these people. And the Jewish people, after the Holocaust, they recognised William Cooper as a number of other people throughout the world and they have a tree for him in Jerusalem outside the museum there. Isn't that extraordinary? You've got Simon Wonga, you've got Mum Shul, Vincent Lenari, you've got all these people, Christians, So let's pray today for uh, God's grace, God's spirit, which is stirring in this land, stirring this moment in the assembly, the plenary assembly. Let's pray that uh, the spirit stir us to live again God's plan and vision, to live in this new creation that's poured out upon us. Let's also, as we pray this morning, Pray that if we have areas of kind of division, that we're not labourers of peace, that we feel we're at war with others. It might be in our own families, our own community. It might be the church. Let's pray for that peace of Christ, that, that blood of Jesus, that death and resurrection of Jesus would break the war and hostility that might be in our hearts that there might be a flourishing of new peace, that the the earth has brought forth the saviour of the world and he can save our lives and our hearts, our families, our community, our nations, that we might move together in peace. So let's pray. As labourers of the gospel of peace, Jesus, we pray that your grace would be able to be lived out, not only in what we proclaim, but in our day-to-day living of justice and peace with the First Nation peace with our brothers and sisters in you, in Christ. We pray that that peace, Lord, might, as we grow in relationship, as we're healed and restored, that that blessing of peace and unity would be a blessing not only for this country, but for the whole world 
that are so at times caught in great conflict that we might be a source of great blessing through you, Jesus. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.